looking at some characteristics that we as Jesus followers can exhibit in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And these are abilities that exceed our natural capacity. And we have these nine things here, and we've been, we've been working through each one, and we're, we're on our second to last one today. And today we're going to talk about self-control. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Show of hands this morning, who has ever done something that you knew that you should not do, but you did it anyways? Anybody in the room this morning? All right, it's not just me. <laughs> maybe, it was, maybe it was something you knew was wrong. Maybe it was illegal, immoral, whatever the case may be, but you knew that this is something that I shouldn't do. Maybe it was just a really bad idea. And, and you went ahead and did it anyways. I am, I am the same way. I mean, I've, and there are a, a boatload of stories that I can tell you. The one, the one that I want to bring up this morning is, uh, for those of you who don't know, I play the bass guitar. And one day I went to sell one of my old basses to the guitar store. I was like, this is great. I'll, you know, I don't need the bass. I'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit of money for it. So I went in and they said, well, hey, we'll give you this much in cash. Or... We'll give you a bit more in in-store credit. Like, well, I like, I like more. More is good, right? More is good. I said, well, let's, let's do that. And then as I, as I was there, I'm like, well, hey, I've, I've got some in-store credit at this guitar store. I should, I should go look to see what they've got hanging on the wall back there in the bass section. So I did, and there was this gorgeous, gorgeous bass guitar. And it was, a ridiculous amount of money. But I was like, well, I've got some in-store credit, so I'm not really paying that much for it. But it was way more money than I actually had. But I was like, you know what? In my wallet, I've got this credit card. So I'll use my in-store credit. And the credit card in my brain is saying, John, this is stupid. You don't need the base. For one thing, it's way more money. You don't actually have the money for it. And using the credit card, bad idea. But I did it. So I went ahead and did it. It was really stupid. I knew I shouldn't do it, but I did it anyway. My question this morning is, why do we do those things? We all have those times in our life where we, where we say, hey, you know what, I know that I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. You know, maybe it's something simple like, I know I shouldn't eat the entire package of Oreo cookies, but I'm going to. I just got a gallon of milk, and it's perfect. Or I, I know that I shouldn't hang out with these people, but I want to, so I'm going to. And we do it anyways. Well, we're going to jump into the book of Galatians, which is where we get this list of superpowers from. Galatians chapter 5. If you want to turn in your Bible or flip there on your tablet or your phone, we're going to be looking there this morning. We're going to start in chapter 5, verse 16. And just to kind of review, Galatians is a letter written by a guy called Paul. He was a church planter in the first century. And then as he started these churches, they would inevitably have issues uh, and he would help them work through as they, as they were like, well, what does it look like to, to follow Jesus within my cultural context and, and what is, how does that all play out? And Paul would help them along in that. So the church in Galatia, as Ryan has mentioned in previous weeks, they were in conflict because they had a group of their church said, well, no, we think this is the way that it should be. And this group said, no, uh-uh. And this group was like, yeah, huh? And so they were, they were going at it, right? So that's, that's kind of what Paul is addressing. And he, and he works through this whole case as to, hey, you guys, 
just cut it out. Just cut it out. Stop, stop having this conflict. This is not the way we should be. And so that's what leads up to this, right? The section in, in Scripture right before we're going to jump into, Paul is talking about freedom, how we have freedom in Christ. Some of, some of the members in the church in Galatia were trying to impose Judaism on the, on the Gentile believers. They were saying, well, no, you need, before you can really be a Jesus follower, you need to become a Jew. You know, you need to follow the law of Moses. You need to, you know, observe all these Jewish practices. And then you can be saved. And Paul's saying, whoa, hang on just a minute. That's not how we're saved. Okay, so that's what he's saying. He's saying we have this freedom in Christ. But he says, don't use your freedom you know, incorrectly. And that's, that's what leads up to it. So we're going to jump in here in chapter 5, verse 16. Paul writes this. He says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. So why do we do these things that we know that we shouldn't do? Paul says, hey, there's this conflict within you. He's writing to church people. And he's saying, you have a sinful nature, and that is waging war against the Spirit. As a follower of Jesus, as somebody who has been saved, you have the Spirit of God within you. And those two things, are they're, they're butting heads. They're going at it. They're putting on the gloves, and they're, they're going to town. Now, if... If you're not familiar with Christianese, you know, we talk about sinful nature, right? I'm just going to give a quick breakdown. Just if you grew up in church, this is probably, you, you know, all about that. Okay, as, as followers of Jesus, we believe that, that God is perfect. And, and as somebody who is perfect, He is set apart. He is holy, right? And He has a standard, and that standard is perfection, which none of us can meet. And when we miss the mark, we call that sin. Okay, and, and within our, our very nature as humans, we have that desire to do the things that we shouldn't do. Now, fortunately, through the power of Jesus Christ, we can have victory over that, and we can enter into a relationship with a perfect God, which is awesome. Which is awesome. Amen? There, there we go. There we go. I was like, oh, no. I thought it was pretty awesome. But Paul is saying we still have that nature. We still have within us that desire to do things that are against God's design. He says that's why you do these things that you don't want to do. When the nature starts to win out, when your sin nature starts to win the conflict, you start going in a direction that you shouldn't go. And then Paul gives us a nice little snapshot. He says, well, well, maybe you're wondering, well, how do I know if the sin nature is winning out? And how do I know if the spirit is winning out? Paul says, hey, hey, I'm going to explain that. So we're going to jump ahead to the next. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. All right, now, yeah. Uh, you want to go to the next uh, scripture there? Uh, it should be verse 19 there, Nick. So, so Paul gives us this breakdown. He gives us this picture, this flyover of what it looks like when the sin nature wins out. So let's, let's go through that list here. Paul says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. Next slide there, Nick. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Next verse, and envy, 
drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he gives us this list of a bunch of things that they don't sound very good. Right? So he, he goes through all of these and he says, you want to know what it looks like when the, when the nature wins out? This is what your life is going to look like. Because when we follow our nature, that's going to lead to all of these things. Sexual immorality, hatred, dissension, um, witchcraft, probably, which, you know, you read this list, and maybe you read through this list and you say, I don't know what half those words mean, much less do I think that I'm living those. Witchcraft is one that I found very interesting. The root word for, that we translate witchcraft or sorcery in some translations is actually pharmakeia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's where we get the words pharmacy or pharmaceuticals. Okay, they're talking about drugs. Now, am I saying don't, don't go to your doctor and don't take medicine? That's not what I'm saying. They're talking about, in, in, in Paul's context, these people that would practice sorcery, part of that practice, those rituals involved drug use to induce, you know, whatever state they were going for. So he's talking about using drugs. He's not talking about, you know, flying around on a broomstick. You know, so, so these are things, you know, when, when you really unpack what he's talking about, you think, oh, oh, okay. Like, I thought I was good. I don't, I've not put a hex on anybody. You know, I'm, I'm not doing any sorcery. He's talking about drugs. So he says, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean if you've ever done drugs or you've ever gotten drunk or you've ever, you know, done one of these things, does that mean, oh man, you're out? No, that's not what that means. He's talking about if these are the behaviors that characterize your life, that means that the sin nature is the one calling the shots in your life. And if the sin nature is calling all the shots in your life, where, where is the Spirit? We are, we are born again through the Spirit. So then you say, well, okay, well, what does it look like if the Spirit wins out? And that's where we get our list of superpowers. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. I might have repeated gentleness. But the list, we know all those are the things. He says, hey, over here, you know, it's sexual immorality, drugs, and all this stuff. Over here, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So which of those would you say such the example for your life? But he says, he says, hey, we all have this nature. We all have this conflict. That is why we do these things. So if you're ever like, why is that? It's that sin nature. Now, we talk about self-control. Now, I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that we would all agree that there are some behaviors that should be controlled. Right? We might not all agree about which behaviors should be controlled. But if you've ever been at the grocery store, and there's a child who didn't get the candy bar, and they're laying in the middle of the aisle, kicking and screaming, right? How many of us have said, man, they should control that child? Control that child. Anybody, has anybody ever thought that? Okay, be honest this morning. Okay, show of hands. Whose kid was that? <laughs> no, I'm just So we see that with kids. Maybe you're in a situation and, and, and there's, you know, maybe a group of teenagers and somebody does something and you're just like, that is, that's crazy, that's ridiculous. Like, it's, it doesn't fit what we would call socially acceptable behavior. Right? We say, okay, hey, man, you know, cut it out. You should, you should really control yourself. You know, so we all have these ideas that there are certain behaviors that should be controlled. 
So, so self-control is not a, a, a foreign concept to us. I think when we're talking about the superpower, though, it's important that we distinguish between just your average run-of-the-mill self-control, which is not a bad thing. You know, the ability to say, no, you know what, I shouldn't eat the entire package of Oreos. You know, I mean, that's, that's valuable. That's valuable. I mean, or whatever the case may be, you know, for, for each person. Self-control is important. However, as a superpower, because again, these are things that exceed our natural capacity. So, so we say, what, what makes, what makes the self-control that Paul writes about different than not eating the Oreos? Okay, when you, when you talk about self-control, usually, usually it's in the context of, I am going to change my behaviors, I'm going to change my thoughts to become the person that I want to be. I don't like doing these things or my spouse doesn't like me doing these things, or my parents don't like me doing these things. So I am going to change that. It is my passions, my desires, my nature under my control. I am saying, nope, I'm not going to do this. I've got this. I am in control of the situation. When we talk about a superpower of self-control, it is us changing our behavior, our thoughts, to become the person that God wants us to be. It is our passions, our desires, our nature under the control of God. Let me go to my next slide there, Nick. Put another way, self-control is the surrender of our desires to the will of God. It is saying, Lord, I have this nature and it's pulling me in this direction. And, and quite frankly, sometimes I might want to do the things that are over here. There is something in that that appeals to us. It's saying, no, Lord, you know what? I have this nature, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set that aside, and I'm going to give my desires, my passions, my nature to you. It's letting God call the shots. So it's not just you changing how you do things to be a better person. Okay, because every single one of us would have maybe a different idea of what it looks like to be a better person. Then that makes us the standard setter. But, but as a Jesus follower, right, there's, there's one standard. It's God's standard. So it's us setting aside what we might want and saying, no, Lord, what do you want? I actually think self-control is, is sort of a doorway fruit, if, if we could put it that way, to the other fruits. As Ryan has talked about and, and Patricia talked about, the various superpowers, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Joy and patience and kindness. Those are things that might not come naturally to some of us. Again, some of us might have an easier time with others and we struggle with some. But when we have taken our natural bent and we've surrendered it to the will of God, it doesn't matter if I'm naturally a patient person. Instead of saying, you know what, I really hate slow drivers. I want this person to die. Right? You say, you're behind. <laughs> okay, you, you laugh because some of you have said that. <laughs> You say, Jesus, if you could take this person to be with you right now, that would be, that would be great. 
instead of following our nature that says, I'm going to be mad at this person. We say, Lord, how do you want me to react in this situation? Lord, how do you want me to respond to this person that is driving me crazy? It doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden you're going to think this person is great and it doesn't bother you at all that they're driving 15 miles under the speed limit. It doesn't mean that you're going to magically think that they're, they're just a, a real stellar person and, and you should you know, love them with everything you've got. It's saying, no, I know what my natural bent is. Lord, I'm going to give that to you. How do you want me to respond? Because it's not about what we want or what we think we should do in a situation. Because inevitably, if, if we are the standard setter, we're going we're gonna to fall short. We're going to mess it up. But if we let God's standard be the standard that dictates our behavior, it's really hard to go wrong. This standard is perfection. It's the surrender of our desires to the will of God. And you say, well, that's great. Well, how, how do I do that? What's the, what's, the, what's the magic formula of surrendering my desires to the will of God? There isn't one. This is a daily thing where you say, Lord, you know what, today? Maybe it's an hourly thing. Maybe if you're driving through downtown Chicago with a 40-foot trailer, it's a minutely thing. Is minutely a word? I, it is now. Maybe it's a minutely thing. But it's saying, Lord, how do you want me to respond in this situation? I don't think I have a slide for it, but, but later, a couple of verses after, after this, Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's an active thing. It's not a, hey, Spirit just gave me some fruit. Cool. No, it's, it's, you're keeping up. You're following the Spirit. You're, you're, you're every day saying, Lord, here's my will. Here is my nature. What do you want to do with these? Who do you want me to become? And what do I have to do to become that person? Every day. I think a couple of things that help. You know, you, self-control, sometimes it you hear that mixed in with, with self-discipline. But there are some, some spiritual disciplines, so to speak. Right? You want to follow the Spirit? Or are you spending time in prayer? Talking to God, saying, Lord, hey, what's going on? Here's where I'm at. This is my, this is my nature. And have that conversation with God. Say, Lord, my nature is to do this over here. And I know that you don't like that. I know that that is not your design. Lord, I give that to you. You've got to have that conversation. You want to daily surrender your will, your desires, your passions? Are you spending time in the Word to know God? He's laid out a whole bunch of what our lives can look like in Him, in this collection of writing. Are we spending time in there? And I know life is busy. Life is busy. But are we spending time talking to the creator of the universe? Are we spending time 
reading what the creator of the universe has spoken through his word. Every day, every day, you need to make a conscious effort. Now, am I saying like normal self-control is bad? No, again, it's, it's valuable. And maybe there are actually some tools and techniques within, you know, you could Google how to improve self-control and you'll probably get, you know, a bajillion results. Okay, maybe some of those can help you implement daily practices of prayer and being in the Word. Again, it's, it's the heart of the issue. So many things. Jesus shows up, he's walking around, and there are people saying, hey, we're doing everything right, right? We, we follow all the rules. We're doing good. And he says, no. He says, it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. Because Jesus knows it's our nature. And that's a hard issue. So you have a heart that's open to that surrendering process. I'm going to have JB and the team come up. They're going to, they're going to play a song this morning. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. When we pray, when we have this conversation with God, God knows our hearts better than we know our hearts. Okay, and He will reveal things to us. He, he, can, he can look inside us and say, hey, you know what? We might think that we are the most patient person on the face of the earth. Everyone else around us knows that, that we're not. Okay, but we think we are the most patient person on the face of the earth. And as long as we think that, we're never going to think, well, maybe I need to exhibit a little more patience. Because we think we're already there. But when we let God in, He can be like, actually, you're kind of a jerk. You're not patient at all. We often have a little bit of a, a, a tainted perspective of ourselves. So we need to let God show us that. The team is going to play a song called Judge of the Secrets. Okay, this, you can, you can stay seated for this. This is a time I want us to just be intentional. God knows what's going on in our hearts. What are some things that we need to surrender? What are some things that maybe right now we're, we're choosing to follow that, that sin nature? We're saying, no, I kind of like this, kind of like this. I want to keep doing this. I want to keep doing this. And the Spirit is saying, no, I have something so much better for you over here. So much better. And you say, no, I can't like that. No, come over here. And there's that conflict. So I just want you to take this time and, and just pray. Let God reveal to you what's in your heart. You might not even be aware of it. What are some things that we need to surrender? What are some things that we need to do to daily be in His Word? To daily be spending time in prayer? Again, I would encourage you, just, just take this time. This is, this is, at NTS, they would call this time alone with God. This is just you and God. Not anybody else. Just have that conversation.